This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Well, hello everybody and welcome along to the Blue Monday live stream post-match reaction for Ipswich Town nil, Northampton Town nil. Before we get into the action, Joe, how are you, my friend? Yeah, amazing. Loving life. Just (laughs) can barely contain my excitement after another um, amazing sort of Ipswich Town performance, Love and I Follow. Unfortunately, I'd had a few beers, so I couldn't drive down to Portman <laughs> Road to boo at the end of the game. <laughs> um, right, let's get into this then. A very long night this evening. Um, so, it was a home game against 23rd in the table, Northampton, with uh, currently a caretaker manager. Um, we will... Um, we'll get into everything that's kind of happened this week, but we will go through the action in the game. There was a little bit of it, Joe. Um, let's just have a look at the teams. Um, for town tonight, Joe, Holly in goal, Matheson and Kenlock back in over um, Chambers and Ward, who didn't play at Peterborough last week. Um, sofa score, as usual, is not quite correct there. It was Flynn Downs sat in front of the back four. Andre Dezel to his right and Josh Harrop sort of to his left in the central midfield with Luke Thomas wide right, Freddie Sears wide left and Troy Parrott up the middle. So, Joe, five changes. Chambers, Ward, Judge, Bishop, Norwood out. Your thoughts on the team first and foremost? Um, I suppose you have to, rather than look at the Peterborough game, which seemed like... We treated it like we were playing a different sport in a in a on a different pitch that time. So we made change there. It, it's only one change from the Blackpool game where we decided to drop man of the match Alan Judge to replace him with Josh Harrop for that for that game. And like I say, I look at that. the first thing I see when I saw the team is five lone players starting there tonight. And well, like I say, what can you say? 
It does feel like the end of the Paul Jewell era. Um, Northampton pretty much matched up again. Sorry, that um, information is not correct on the screen, but um, there you go. SofaScore is going to reset itself midstream as well. Uh, it was for Northampton. Mitchell in goal. The back four is right. Kioso, Horsfall, Jones and Mills. It was McWilliams. The 17 was sat in front of the back four with uh, Morris to his right. And then the number four, uh, Sowerby, was to his left. Marshall, the 45 there they've got, was playing down the right-hand side. Hoskins, the 7, wasn't playing 10. He was playing down the left. And Rose was playing down the um, middle. So pretty much, as Mick Mills said in the comments, matched up. And Joe, um, in the first half, all I've got is notes telling me chances for Northampton, basically. So have got in behind on 17 and got a bit of a nosebleed. Um, Marshall down the right-hand side, Wolfen kind of pokes it back. Hoskins shoots and Matheson makes a good block. That was on 32. They hit the post. I think Holly saves this, so it's actually quite a good save. It's, yeah, I think I think it, he gets a hand to that, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, Kioso underlapping. Sears sort of passes him on to Harrop and he just runs off Harrop into the box. It's a really good shot and I, I suppose it's quite a good save considering the surprise. Um, and then a big Northampton counter just before half time. Switch to Marshall. Um, he's inside the box, puts it wide. Sowerby is in for a tap in on the back post. Um, Joe, Northampton were by far the better side in that first half, weren't they? And um, no real big chances, you know, as in without pressure on the shooter. But certainly they had the better of the chances purely on the basis that. Uh, Ipswich did not create anything in the first half. Um, please keep your comments coming in, um, guys. We'll go to them in just a sec. Joe, the first half. Dreadful. It was as poor a half as you've seen all season. Sort of maybe with the possible exception of where we absolutely shat the bed at Doncaster and conceded sort of two or three goals and just gave up there. But we were, considering this is a Northampton side that hasn't scored a goal in five games, that has lost, what, nine of the last 12, that is second bottom which is basically a League Two team in this league, they were the better side. And and not and not by a little bit, by by a long way. And it but for their inability, sort of the lack of quality they had when they got the ball right at the very top of the pitch, they'd have they'd have been two or three nil up. Luck, luckily, the reason they can't score is because their sort of attacking players aren't that good at the end. Like I said, I was impressed with the right sided player who's on loan from Luton. I thought I can't remember his name. Dian. I don't know the, the guy out on the right, but um, we just, it, like I say, if they had any quality up front, they'd have been, they'd have been two nil up, and we were poor. We we didn't look up for it. We, the like I say, you, you go through the team. Sort of Luke Wolfenden gave the ball away lots. Troy Parrott gave the ball away even more, even more. And like I say, you wonder what. Like I say, these these lone players came in and put in a decent performance against Blackpool two weeks ago, but Paul Lambert has infected them with Ipswich itis over the last <laughs> two weeks, and they are now being dragged down to our level. It's a bit weird, Joe, because we were sort of chit chatting in our WhatsApp group at half time, and there was almost the sense that um, that Northampton kind of came and thought, "Oh, we you know we'll we'll sit in. We're we're away at Ipswich," and probably realised. Hang on a minute. The game's there for the taking, and like you said, it was uh, Soaby, one of the sort of runners in midfield that got the got the two openings. And we were sort of saying at half time, Joe, 
well, what's going to happen now is they're going to go in and go, we can win this. They're going to overcommit and mm-hmm. we're going to win in the second half. It um, evidently did not happen. Let's let's get into the second half, Joe, and then we can get um, a few more comments um, mm, up on should, the should take long to get through this one either, should it? <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from all the yellow cards, but we'll talk about that at the, at the end. Uh, so McWilliams gets a yellow at the start of the second half. Um, Paul Lambert's uh, response to the first half being so poor is to uh, move Freddie Sears from the left to the middle and Troy Parrott from the middle to the left. That was just about it. Uh, Northampton get in behind Joe it's Soaby again, the central midfield. He's got just got no composure. He tries to cut it back. It sort of deflects to um, the seven, who is Hoskins. Couldn't find him. And then, um, as Mick Mills kind of rightly pointed out, ten minutes after half time. So you're kind of giving neither the three players that come on um, as much of a chance and the three players that go off. So we get Judge Bishop and Lancaster on. Judge goes left. Lancaster goes right and Bishop goes in the middle for Thomas Harrop and Sears. Uh, Northampton make a couple of changes. And then James Norwood comes on for Andre Dezel. And it sort of looks like um, Norwood's playing as a nine and Parrott's just playing behind as a 10 with a double pivot of Bishop and Downs. And then we should take the lead, Joe, on 78. Uh, Judge, uh, Judge was actually quite good when he comes in off the left plays it in behind for Norwood. And this is the best chance of the game for either team, but straight at the keeper. What was your feelings on that judge through to Norwood uh, chance, well, Joe? Well, I thought, I thought judge has been playing quite well lately. And like I said, I think you just have to write off the Peterborough game because that was just such an awful game plan by Ipswich. And we, we just looked awful. But like in the Blackpool game, judge was our best player. He sort of was knitting it together the game before that he did well. And when he came on, him and Norwood seemed to have a, seemed to have a decent sort of link up and Judge is always looking for that run. Norwood is making that run and that's how they combined well and like I say, that was probably the best chance of the game but that was our quite literally, other than the free kick, that was literally our only chance of the game. Unbelievable. Uh, could have could have snuck it there and I think it's a bit of an indictment on the pattern of play which we've talked about for about two years now, Joe, that um, as you were describing Judge and Norwood, I'm just thinking, well, they're just two incredibly straightforward Norwood's incredibly direct, and so is Judge, and and go figure that they're mm. they're going to have um, an impact, aren't they? Uh, Edmondson comes on for Soaby, and then just at the end, Joe, this is so poor because Judge gets booked for simulation, and I think referee Drysdale wants to be Pierluigi Colina here, and he's sort of getting up in his face, and I just don't know what happened between the Ipswich players and the ref at the end because then. Flynn Downs goes in for this tackle and has obviously just mouthed off at him. And it's yet another red red card. It'll only be a one-match ban because it was two yellows. But, what on but, earth was, it, when, but was it was it two yellows? Because I can't, don't remember being booked early in the game. It, was, was it, it seemed to was be it, was it yellow, not a yellow for the tackle. Then a straight red, though. Um, I don't know. We're, we're yeah. getting into my new show. Did he go like that? And then like that, he didn't they make the replay. He did the yellow, and then he and then he did the red. But I don't think he'd been booked beforehand, so I think that might be a if, yellow, then a straight red. If you're right, and it is a yellow, then a straight red, then he'll be banned for three for three matches. But I don't know. Can you can you be banned for? Um, can you get a straight red for um, Malvin? Off, I don't. I, I don't you know. Can, I have to re- yeah, 
I'll have to read my um, I'll have to read my law book. But Joe, what what went with the discipline at the end with judging with judging downs? Well, as a as a team, we we do not have any discipline, and we haven't done for a long time. We I think in League One last year we were second or third for the most bookings in the team. And when you see that twat Taylor on the sidelines haranguing the ref and the fourth official and the linesman all game, Lambert's just as bad if he's got the energy to actually do anything rather than just stand there looking, pretending he's dying of COVID, then we, we don't really know what's going on. But like I said, it, there is no discipline in the team. Like like I say, that tackle John Nolan um, put in on it a few weeks back, I know we're going back a while to Lincoln, and then Lambert comes out and says, it's the ref's fault. We, we got um, sort of another red card, Teddy Bishop, a stupid red card, Caden Jackson, a silly red. There's no discipline running through this club from top to bottom, and like I say, you only have to look at the manager's conduct on the sideline to say why. Yeah, just on the other screen, Andre Dezel is actually the most uh, booked, booked. He's got a yellow and a eight nine yellows, yellows and a, and a yeah. red. He's got nine yellows now. So, yeah, it it does seem to be, well, as you've just pointed out, um, uh, I think someone's just, let me just read a couple of these. Says second yellow on flash score. Uh, looked like a yellow for the foul, and then a yellow. We'll we'll find out this. Can you, yeah. and you can get apparently. I mean, if he's got a straight red, then um, then it'll be it'll be three games, and he's sat in that position. But the discipline has totally gone. Um, let's just have a look at some of the numbers on the uh, uh, actual the actual game, Joe. I mean, let's just let's just ignore possession because I think this fad from about 10 years ago has, has gone and plenty of teams aren't bothered about having 41% possession. Uh, one shot on target in the 90 minutes, which was the Norwood one, which to be fair, um, we probably should go down as a big chance on there, but um, just nothing really in any of those numbers, Joe, to say that that's a, a viable performance. And one needs to remember, if I scroll the table there, who it is... Um, <laughs> who it is against. Um, so, Joe, just react to the the, the the one shot on target stat and just have a look at that league table for me and just um, kind of put together your thoughts. Four points off the playoffs and we'll be told a game in hand again. It's, well, like I say, one shot on target. What can you say against probably one of the, the worst teams in the league? Look, Northampton have scored 20 goals this season and they, they looked like they were going to score every time they went forward against us at one point and... So we, we, I don't really know what to say. I've said the same thing a number of times, but there is no way that any supporter of any football club can watch that game tonight and claim that Lambert's building anything, that he's getting right, that he's doing this, that he's doing that. He's a man totally lost. The players are totally lost. And he is he's just dragging everyone down to a certain level. And I say, the, I, say I find it incredibly difficult to judge almost any player out there because it because of the situation they clearly find themselves in these are not bad players like like Troy Parrott for example like I'm, I'm sort of loathe to criticize sort of players young players but he was dreadful tonight but he wasn't he was he was good against Blackpool he, and he looked sharp against Peterborough and it's like how does he go from that to this and Luke Thomas just looks like I say he's no better than Armando Dobra or Jack Lancaster I don't know why we've signed him Luke Wolfenden was poor. Mark McGuinness made so many errors on the ball. I thought Luke Matheson, I thought he did okay, Luke Matheson, actually, out of sort of all, all the players there. Josh Harrop, again, 
this guy Preston fans are telling us he's going to rip up the league and he's quality. He's having to drop back so deep to get on the ball. He's he's sitting almost between the centre backs at times. I thought Dazelle did okay going forwards. I thought Downs, like I say, he he was okay to be but just no just, no one plays well. No player's been coached to be better than they are. We just drag and drag players down. Like what is going on on the training ground other than Joe, just fla- quickly, other but- flares. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Tell me, what's the difference between... So, switch out Judge for Harrop. It was acknowledged in the Blackpool game, which was one player different, and but pretty much the same system, against, arguably, if we bring that league table up, a team that's, well, nine places higher, if you class Northampton as starting the day at 23rd. What was the difference between this game and the Blackpool game, Joe? Um, I, I think... The Blackpool game, I personally, I thought it was quite an even game until we scored the goal. Basically, when, when we scored the goal, they had to come out a little bit more, which gave us a little bit more space to go into. People, um, I think people have over-egged that Blackpool performance, personally. I thought that was a game where we just we just got a goal at a good time, got a second goal at a good time. A bit of quality and then a, a set play as well, wasn't it, Yeah, Joe? So and, it wasn't say pattern it was of play goal, but, battering the door down, was it? But but it was just an, it was an even game where both teams were creating the odd chance, but we took our half chance where they didn't. But like I say, I think, what's that, five wins in 18 now, I think? Or was it five and 17, five and 18 in all competitions? And it's just so far from good enough. Like, actual... I say that there's just there's just no defending the sort of form we're in at the moment. If it if it wasn't for the sort of sixteen points from six games at the end, at the start of the season, we'd be where sixteenth, seventeenth in the league. Well, let me just um, I'll I'll flip up um, who scored because we can look at um, how far back uh, this recent run goes. So that's what you're talking about there joe so um if we go back to um 24th of november there against hull uh one two three four wins in one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen so four wins in fourteen and there is another one two three draws in that so yeah 15 points in 14 we'd normally call one point per game survival, wouldn't we? Um, so this idea of a playoff challenge just seems um, completely fanciful. Just have a look at the... We'll come to comments. We'll do some questions in a minute, um, guys. Um, and looking at the next two games, Oxford are on an absolute tear, aren't they? And then Hull, Doncaster and, and Accrington. Those next four games... Um, do not look particularly pleasant, Joe, do they? Um, Oxford, Hull, Doncaster, Accrington. But I think you're forgetting we've got an incredible record against the top sides in the league. So <laughs> we'll sort of see where we go from there. But no, that like why? Like I say, I, I'm I, I'm sure every person listening to this now is sort of saying Lambert has to go. That there's, there's no way that he should stay. If anyone thinks that isn't the case, please. Drop yeah, in the don't... comments. Yeah, yeah we'd, we'd, we'd love to it, hear yeah. from you. But it's just, what? Why are you not going to give just an attempt at a new manager bounce in these games that are coming up? There's just, there's just no possible reason not to, not to go for it because we cannot. Any any team that's set up well against us gives us a, a too tough a game for the quality of players we have. You just have to look at the players that weren't even in the eighteen tonight: John Nolan, Caden Jackson, Guion Edwards. 
going back to uh, sort of Cole Scoose, I say did some serious, serious quality players that would that Northampton would kill for to be in their team, let alone even on their bench. Can't even get near the team. Emmy Hughes, another one, and it's just it's it's embarrassing how little it, we're getting out of what we've got. Yeah, Rod says Villa fan here. Feel terrible for you lot. Lamberted is that a is that a can we get that in the dictionary? Um, Joe, this is Johnny. Are we fully toxic now? Red cards, delusional manager, quiet owner, fans turning up at training with flares, commentator calling manager to go. Um, can you parlay that a little bit into talking about the uh, training ground um, protest? Yeah, well, it, um, obviously, like everyone, I'm sure listening, saw the blue action video of the guys making a well, what was relatively a small protest over at the training ground. I was pretty... I say you listen to Stuart Taylor, oh, brilliant support. It's like, is he forgetting that we were we clapped this team to relegation? We had 20,000 average attendance in League One. We sold out basically every away end last season. They, they have had far too much support compared to what they've earned. And like I say, brilliantly, it's um, now been picked up by the national media. Talk Sport today, Darren Bent was talking about it with Ali McCoy and Natalie Sawyer. Jim White and Simon Jordan were talking about it. It's sort of being picked up on Sky News, so that small protest has made a big difference. Whether whether the um, whether it's because the club have claimed that they're trying to set the training ground on fire, I don't know. But I say <laughs> the footpath they protested down is probably two hundred yards out my front door, so I maybe I'll go and have a look to see whether sort of the damage that's been done is incredible. But ultimately, we're in a situation now where there, there's no real way of letting Marcus Evans know. What what the issues are with what the issues are with the club? You can't boo in the ground. Imagine the sort of reception we'd have got at half time tonight and at full time at the end of that what game. Do you, what do you think the attendance would have been uh, tonight? Um, I know it's impossible to say because I tend to agree with you, Joe. That um, I don't think it would have been allowed to go this far if fans were in stadiums. I know we kind of always refer to ourselves as a as a placid lot, but. Um, do you agree with me that it wouldn't have gone this far with fans in? Where do you think the attendances would be if it if it was the case now? If, if fans were there, there's no way it would have gone this far. I'm a hundred percent sure that if if fans were in the ground, Evans would have reacted to the mood music far earlier than he has done. So, but you're talking, you'd be one of those games where it's sort of like thirteen and a half thousand, and you find out there's really only nine thousand in the ground. It would be that sort of level. Sort of, but it's just, like I say, how so how are we going to try and sell season tickets at this point? But um, I'm just going to read Jordan's one there. Print and websites have taken the start of the fire line, whereas podcasts, talk media, Twitter are talking about how bad the situation at the club. I just wanted to um, keep your questions coming in, guys. We'll um, we'll stay on as long as they're, they're coming. Joe, we got our pants pulled down a little bit by the national media after the McCarthy thing. And even to this day, like years afterwards, this idea that you, you literally hear people using the term, the fans hounded McCarthy out and mm. all of this, it it did exist in the national media. Uh, is there not any part of you that's a little bit concerned now that, um, that like you say, this will get switched and, oh, those horrible Ipswich fans now bullying long COVID Paul Lambert and starting fires. 
I, I don't think that um, I don't think firstly that Paul Lambert has the respect in the game that Mick McCarthy does. I don't think I don't think he's as good as his own PR as Mick McCarthy was, and I, I, I just don't think that he's popular enough for people to care that. And also the the record is so bad that it, it's difficult to justify the sort of be careful what you wish for line. And I know I know that line does haunt Ipswich fans and. Sort of Mick McCarthy, but ultimately, if you look at the sort of brass tacks of things with regards to what McCarthy was doing here, he was taking a team with minimal investment and basically all seasons, bar the one where he had to sell Daryl Murphy effectively on deadline day, we finished in the top half of the championship on a probably a bottom third budget. So he was getting the results which were better than sort of what he was expecting. I'd, I'd sort of personally in the camp where I think that his time had gone on too long. I think I think most fans realise that, whether it's because of how Evans managed him as opposed to how Mick was, sort of is, is up for debate. But but also ev- everyone in, everyone at the club and everyone in the game liked Mick McCarthy and he was able to and and he got results. He he did his job. Paul Lambert isn't doing his job. People don't like him. People at the club don't like him. And I Can just... you talk about that, Joe? Because Darren Bent's gone on TalkSport today and actually defended the Ipswich fans. Nice for someone to not be saying that we're the most evil people in the world that hounded out blessed old old Mick, who's a fine a, a fine gentleman, I'm sure, and a, and a good manager. But um, will that cut any mustard? This um, And you've also got the um, wife of an ex-Ipswich player on the same show, sort of, um, egging him on, um, essentially. Do do you think that that um, can change, Joe? I, I just don't think that there's any there's any way back from here for, for Lambert. We've got like he's he's burned too many bridges, and like I say, I'm, I'm without sort of trying to speak out of turn. Ips, Ipswich is quite a small town, and if you like, it's quite easy to speak to someone who is involved at the club, who knows someone who's involved at the club, and everyone you speak to will give you the same message. No one likes the manager, and I'm talking from academy staff all the way up, players, youth players, reserve players, sort of club staff. You will not find anyone who's got a good word to say about the manager. He's just... What about Stuart Taylor and Marcus Evans? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stuart Stuart Taylor would, and like I say, it seems Marcus Evans would, but... um, but Joe, just quickly, Stuart it's, it's Taylor, isn't that because he's directly his boss and Marcus Evans because he's got a load of money tied up in that big, huge contract? Well, I, I say, I, I think people are making too big a deal of the money in the contract. I personally think it's more of a pride thing for Evans than a financial thing. I think he he wants it to work. It's like he set out this plan and he won't deviate from it because in five years' time, this is where we want to be. And it's like, this isn't a five-year project. This is a this is a five-month project to try and get the club promoted. And nobody watching that tonight or watching last week, the week before, the week before that, the week before that, the week before that, will tell you that Paul Lambert is going to get this team promoted. He's he, He's been backed with four more players for um, in the January transfer window. And where are we? All the players are back from injury now. Where are we? It's just, I say it's, there's nothing. Um, there's just there's just nothing you can do. Is there? It's, until the manager's gone, we're we're dead as a club, aren't we? Um, Cardiff have just taken the lead against Luton. <laughs> just to rub, just to rub salt into the. Who scored? Um, Kiefer Moore. Uh, 
Harry Wilson. Um, there you go. Um, this is Chris, who's got his um, uh, predictions machine whirring again there, Joe. 85% chance we won't make the playoffs now, according to club sport stats. Probability of promotion is 4.5%. Joe, my very basic um, points per game has it at 70, but does not take into account the remaining teams we have to play. That mm. Essentially, we're at two points per game against the bottom 10 and zero points per game against the against the um, top eight. Is there literally, after these four games, any chance of a... Uh, let, let, me, let me paint you a scenario that, um, that he gets five points from the four hard games. So he draws two somehow, wins one, one of the home games maybe, and loses, loses one. Any chance at all? No, that, there's, there's zero chance we're going to get in the playoffs with Paul Lambert here. If you can't beat Swindon at home, if you can't beat Northampton at home, and, and also you can't get anything against the top teams, you haven't got a hope. And like I say, while that chance at the moment is 4.5%, um, like I say, you need, you, you've got to win some games effectively. If, if you win four or five games in a row, that 4.5% might become 15%, might become 20%. And, and that's what you've got to do. You, you've got to, You've, you've, we've got to have a run. We won five of the first six games of the season. We've won about five games since then. If we were to, if we were to win five of the next six and five of the six after that, we might, like I say, we'll be right up there and pushing for sixth. But ultimately, like I said, we've been saying the same thing for weeks and weeks, and all these games are being wasted at the moment. And so, like I say, we, we're all massive fans and. I say we, we we want to see the club in the second tier at, at the very minimum, isn't it? And what do you do? Um, well, what you do is you keep your comments coming in. I'm assuming we're going to get we're going to hear from Paul Lambert. So if he, anyone can get us quotes, yeah, um, Paul Lambert's spoken, and apparently the first thing he said it's it wasn't good enough. It's his opening line, so he has faced the press. But I've just been sent something. I'm getting messages coming through the form table for the last twenty games, seventeenth place. 24 wow. points in 20 games, scored 17 goals. No no other team above us has scored less than 17 goals. Uh, the 16 teams above us in the form table. There's just no... There's just no... There's no logical reason to keep them in place, is there? Can we just ask anyone in the chat... Um... I, I, we don't want this to become a big echo chamber. We do want everyone to have their opinions. If there is anybody in the chat and it's not, you know, you're not under any any danger of recriminations, we, we do seem to be at about 99% disapproval. Can we have a disapproval record rather than what they do for the politicians? Approval ratings. 1%, um, 1% in favour, 99% out of favour. Okay, not, let's minus do... Minus 98 Let's do a quick poll then. Let's get a live Blue Monday approval rating um, for Mr. Lambert. Just write the word either in or out and we'll kind of do a an approval rating. So if you're in the chat right now, uh, just say in or out in terms of um, an approval rating uh, for... Um, for Mr. Lambert, my God, <laughs> can you see those comments, Joe? Um, uh, yeah, as you can imagine, we're in. Um, we're oh my God, um, I literally can't even click on all of these guys. We've got many, many people. Oh, right, I'll try. Here we go. Right, come on. 
I'll try and um, do it. Uh, this is our apologies if you're offended by any of the profane language that I may accidentally click click on. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It just feels a bit weird because normally, Joe, in these situations, for it to, um, for it to kind of play out like this, you, you're not normally at this 99 percent business are you joe no i think it's um it's just unbelievable how far it's been allowed to go i think is the is the key it's that generally sort of people think they're they're more willing to give them a chance that they don't want to say out until it is totally gone and i understand that i think people like i'm I'm like that give managers a chance but ultimately we're well well past that point now it's not even I say it's it's not even close to that point anymore, is it? It's not even there's there's not one reason for him to stay now, is there? Like I say, yeah, we beat Blackpool sort of three games ago. Blackpool, who are what fourteenth in the league, and we beat them two 0 at home. There's there's not even a every metric you look at goals, um, wins, points over any. If you take out that first six games of the season, we're a lower mid table side. Whether you do that over. You could probably do a form table, six games, eight games, 10 games, 12 games, 16 games, 20 games. Whichever measure you do it at, we are well down there. Like I say, you've got to remember, we picked up 16 points in six games. But it's, I say, I think, like I say, I maybe was a bit less willing than some. But ultimately, oh, there you um, go, Joe, I've just randomly gone from November the 1st. Just a random yeah. sample 17. size there, 17th. Um, let, me go, say, let me go back a bit Wigan. further. We're one point ahead of Wigan in that time. Uh, there's October the 1st, 16th. Yeah, you're right. Um, how far back can you go, for goodness sake? Hang on. Can, let me do one more. September we're probably all right, because we did okay. September then. the 25th, 14th. Uh, so, so, yeah, you're right. September. Mm. Uh, there we go. My God. Wow. 
Um, yeah, right. Let's get back to your question, guys. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, Martin, do you honestly think that Paul Cook would still take the job? Um, he has the personality to turn it round. Um, Joe and I actually disagree on this, Martin, and we have done all season, where I don't think he ever would have been interesting. But, Joe, you always make the argument that um, other than... So, if you're a Paul Cook or someone of that nature, the best job you can get is a parachute payment job in the championship. The next best thing you can get in a championship is a big championship job, isn't it? And you don't believe there's then much difference, you may as well have a run at a big League One club than take, and again, this is with respect, QPR, Rotherham, um, Coventry, but I'm just thinking of a a bottom eight championship team that isn't in chaos, Um, Joe. Uh, Yeah, I I think clubs have natural ceilings and natural floors, and I think we're probably at our natural floor with regards to the fact for all the criticism of Evans, he does he does sort of fund the team. He does back the manager as he did again in January, and it's like, like I say, I, I just think that like personally, Paul Cook's not the man for me. I wouldn't I wouldn't be unhappy with him. I'd be I'd be happy with sort of anyone at the moment. Um, Paul O'Grady would do the job at the moment. <laughs> <I think>. but, <laughs> they don't have to be called Paul. Um, but, Joe, I, is there... I, but I just think that. When you look at the club, you know, like I say, we're, we're criticising Evans now because he's given Lambert so long. That is, at the moment, a manager knows they're going to come in here, they're going to get a, a good, good go at this, and the owner's going to stay out of the way and he's going to back him. It's it's still an attractive job when you look at some of the, I say, some of the other jobs available where it's just, if you don't get it right, you're going to get sacked in six months, nine months. That isn't the case here. You're allowed to fail here. Whether that's well, a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I think that, like I say, you you look at Paul Cook. I think he'd be interested. Danny Cowley. People even talk about Nigel Pearson. I I I, I personally don't think he'd drop this low. But like I say it's 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 still a good job. It's still a it's still a big club. We have still got twenty thousand fans in League One last Joe, season. Can I make These a things very, matter. A very direct comparison with the two most under pressure jobs in the Championship at the moment are probably Birmingham. And Huddersfield, they're the two on the slide. Obviously, the Cowleys, you can rule out from Huddersfield because they were, you know, turfed out of there. But would, would you rather work for Marcus Evans, Ipswich, top of League One, or Trillian, Asia, Birmingham, for example? Yeah, especially when they've brought in Karanga, who's a manager that's won promotion out of this league. And he's had, what, six months in the job so far, and he's under massive pressure. And they've, like I say, they've got a, one week they're going to close the academy the next week they're saying they're going to invest into it they got all that money for Jude Bellingham that saved them as a club last year I said it they they're going nowhere but down at the moment we like I say we're we're at our lowest that we can fall to unless Evans decides to give <laughs> let Lambert see out his five-year contract we we can't get much worse than we are at the moment like I say you look at the teams around us and especially now that salary cap has been sort of kicked into the long grass let's say we we're a huge club at this level a huge club with a huge fan base a huge budget a huge playing squad a really good academy and like i say how many cat two academies are there at this level four five like i say we are there's no way we should be where we are now at the moment and any manager should be licking their lips looking at this thinking i don't have to do much to get this sorted out um jambo i think that's a good question um how do you think our contracted players feel by 
Um, I don't necessarily agree that loans are low quality, but I think it's a good point to make. What does the this idea of this January Parrot Thomas uh, Matheson etc. splurge? What, what does that do to the um, to the existing players um, in terms of you know if Lambert is here um, more than say five to ten games, Joe? Well, it, it's it's difficult to know, isn't it? But I, I can't imagine any any player at this point is happy to. I'll take Mr. Blobby at this point. Let alone <laughs> there he is. Look, <laughs> no, no, Edmonds and Mr. Blobby. Yeah, but yeah, I I just like I said that there's just no there's no real way that players can motivate themselves. We're we're now in a position where we've got a effectively we've got a bomb squad, and I say John Nolan and Caden Jackson are basically sat in this squad yeah, what's, where been... what's happened um with with jackson then because his suspension's over yeah well I, I was told that there's a bomb squad forming john nolan's been told he's not what's it sorry Joe, what's, what's, what's a bomb squad basically where darren bent ended up under paul lambert basically right. players who don't train with the first team they're not they're not they're not going to play for him apparently john nolan's been told he's not going to play for the club again and caden jackson was sent down to train with the under 23 so these are two players we had transfer offers on on the table for in January, and now are sort of bombed out by the manager. It's just, uh, I say, it's it's, it's just ha- you you can't keep this many professionals happy. Armando Dobra comes in, plays three or four games, and then is back with the under twenty threes, and he won't be seen again under Paul Lambert. And Luke Thomas has come in, and he's he's done no more than Armando Dobra did. Jack Lancaster's done a lot more than uh, Luke Thomas has done. And it's not, like I say, it's not trying to dig out Thomas, but it's just a failure of the manager. He's just trying to bring in more and more and more players. And it's like the players need to lead something as opposed to the manager. They need to click click with something and hope it goes better. Um, this is Karen. A whole generation of fans have been lost with dull and turgid football being played. A management team disrespecting fans never felt so disconnected with the club. Now, normally we kind of joke about football fans, Joe, that, um, and I, I totally agree with um, with Karen, that that they will come back. But is is she actually right? Is there real long term damage in terms of the fan base being I've... done with you know with this? It's basically you can now track it back to um, if you. If you work from the Hurst experiment onwards, um, is there sort of long-term collateral damage being done now in terms of fan base and people will check out and that status as a, you know, kind of a, a I don't know, a, a biggish club in, in the area and, you know, a, a top 30 club in England? 100%. I totally agree with what Karen's saying. It's just there's no... Like I say, it's like the club haven't realised that we're in a COVID pandemic, that the fans can't come to games, and that when we get to the other side of it, the only clubs that are going to come out of this well are the ones that have been smart, forward-thinking, engaged with the fans, sort of pushing the fans on. People aren't just going to come back because, oh, football's back, they're going to come back. Oh, yeah, because they came back to the games when there was 2,000 fans allowed. Yeah, but they'd be locked in the house for months and wanted to do something, but people are not going to be signed up to season tickets with Paul Lambert in charge. It's it's, it's just not going to happen. And I say, I know a number of fans, like there's a comment there from Chris, he's just put it there, cancelled his season ticket, doesn't buy I follow, follow Town Home and Away for years. It's just, and I could tell you dozens and dozens of people I know that are living in the town, sort of, it's 
not like I said, I'm not I'm not saying they're the most hundred percent dedicated fans who will sit there and read TWTD every post and follow through on Twitter. But these are people that go to every single game and they they've all cancelled. They're just they might they're, and people don't buy the odd game when it comes to it. People either go or they don't. And I say I've I've told the club I won't be renewing my season ticket at the moment unless unless there's a big change and I you you just worry that there's an attitude in the club that oh yeah we'll win a few games and everything will be okay no it it won't be um, we've gone into this one a fair bit Joe this is senior style which I like to think that I have um, there's no doubt Marcus Evans is a successful businessman we're discussing his business portfolio with his buddies would he be ashamed of ITFC I think you nailed it on the pod a couple of years ago that a lot of people say Marcus Evans is an idiot Marcus Evans doesn't care all of this stuff and you said he's just hapless he just doesn't yeah. get it and he's and he's hapless this is just the latest in a in a and I always say this as well Joe is that he took over a championship club at the worst possible time for somebody who had that amount of money that he had to take with FFP followed by the parachute payments being squeezed to three years. So you get that ginormous one in the first year. He then tried to play by the rules. I wonder whether he I wonder whether he'd rather be in Mel Morris's position, like at Derby, who, you know, didn't try and uh, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that online. Let me just pedal back from that statement. Um, but at the Mel Morris position where he tried his utmost to um, you know, not pull the belt in. But um he is just hapless, isn't he, Joe? He is, and I, I, it, it's hard to have much sympathy with him for that for that position, though, because he's well. It's been ten years. He, yeah, he, he's he's been a football club owner for thirteen years now. It's it's thirteen, not, is it? Oh, Christ. Yeah, he 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 should not, if he doesn't know what he's doing by now, he'll never know. <coughs> Sorry. Um, um, he, no, go on, Jack. We'll come to Jonathan's comment next. Yeah, he, he's um. I say he's he's just makes poor decisions, and it's 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 not the poor it's the purgatory that he leaves the fans in, and it's we are we are left in purgatory at the moment. Every single one, every single player, every single fan will tell you that there's no way this is going to turn around from here. Managers just do not turn around from getting this far in the hole, and I say here we are. We have to sit it out, and we're probably going to throw away the season sitting it out. Um, Rob there we will come to Jonathan's comment uh, he's not learned from his past mistakes that does seem to be the case or rather Rob he's he's doubled down hasn't he he, he has a has a habit of um, doing that Emmy doesn't understand football never appointed a director of football well, remember it has to be a a good director of football um, as well uh, sorry Jonathan's comment Joe was uh, Lambert are, are we in this silly position now where there's obviously some promotion deal where uh Marcus Evans is perhaps okay to write off the season on the basis that uh, if it is written into the contract which we imagine it probably should be that um there's a break clause and he can sack him with less compensation um is that a case of it being actually worth writing the season off to Marcus Evans financially if uh, Jonathan's right there no that like there's there's no way it's it's the right decision to make because, however, unless Lambert's got a 10 times accelerator in his contract where instead of getting paid off 2 million quid, he gets paid off 200 million quid. There's no way that <laughs> staying in this league or not letting somebody 
at least assess the squad for the last 20 games of the season ahead of the summer. Because you've got I me, mean, we've got 21 players out of contract in the summer. You, you need your new manager in as early as possible so that he first can have a go at trying to get up this season. And secondly, he can be the one that's making the decisions on the players in the summer. Uh, this is Pete. It's a good question, that, Joe. When do you think is the latest a new manager could be appointed and still have a realistic shot at the playoffs? I'd like to do some research on that. Do you remember, um, who was it? It was Ian Dowie went in at Crystal Palace. To be fair, it wasn't late in the season, but they That's were like, like n- yeah, but they were like 19th or something. Mm. And he, uh, to be fair, he had Andrew Johnson, didn't he, in the championship who got two penalties every game, didn't he? But that's a good question. If you are, I don't know, let me pull some numbers out my backside. 12 games to go and you're seven points off. Um, could, could you could you still um, see a competent manager coming in, new broom, smiles on everybody's faces, simple instructions? Because let's be honest, our friend Mick has just gone into Cardiff um, and you can kind of argue a similar situation whereby they're underachieving, they should do better. Just made it incredibly simple, win your jewels, play with a smile on your face, Keep some clean sheets. Um, don't do anything stupid and up the table they go. Well, they'd lost six in a row and they're going to pick up now 14 points in six games, aren't they? The looking. Yeah, are we full time? Uh, I think they have actually, yeah. But but ultimately, the um, you, you look at the stats that Chris Rand was putting in here earlier. We're now, I, I, it was four four and a half percent chance of going up. What was it, 15% of making the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I think it was 85% chance we won't. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, we'll, so we'll reverse what you said. Yeah, once, yeah. That, once that number slips below 10%, you're, you're asking a huge, huge amount from a new manager to be able to turn that round. To give to give a manager a one in 10 chance of being able to get there is massive at the moment. What is it? What's 15%? One in eight chance. You're already getting to the position where you're nearly too late. <laughs> Frank is wavering. Is this the chap that rings up the radio every oh, week? Frank and Radio Suffolk. If, if anyone mm. wants some entertainment, have a look on Frank's Vital Ipswich blogs where he um, talks about the fans and the bad fans and the fake fans. Oh, but it, don't do that right now. Stay with us here because we're probably going to go another 10 minutes or so. Keep your questions um, coming in here. Please, if you are watching right now, we have... I think like another six weeks of midweek games. So please do hit that subscribe um, button because as we were asked earlier in the show, these only go out down the YouTube side of our Blue Monday platform. Um, Obviously the podcast will still go down the ACAST feed. And of course, if you do want to support what we do, uh, you can via Super Chat right this second now, which will guarantee your comment being read out immediately in great excitement, Joe and uh, via the ACAST support facility. And I'm supposed to plug, if you go to our Twitter, uh, you can collect your Terrace Life uh, discount code for Ipswich Town merchandise through, um, is it Terrace Life, Joe, uh, Joe have I got that right? I was, Richard I, told me yeah, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't commit to it. To plug that. Go, go on our Twitter. Anyway, plug, plug, plugity, plug, plug, plug. Um, right, there was another question I wanted to read out here, Joe. Uh, this is Sean. Do we know if the club, Stroke Evans, have started chatting to potential new managers? It does appear to be the Marcus Evans way um, that the new manager is almost put in place before um, the in, the current incumbent goes if you remember the Paul Hurst thing I can't remember which national paper it was got it first Paul Lambert wasn't it It was 
Alan Nixon at the Sun. It was the Sun, right? Okay, yeah. But we literally got it within um, minutes of. Uh, I think the two announcements even came at the same time. Uh, Paul Hurst's been fired. They're going to hire Paul Lambert, and mm. and then the club had to go ahead. Um, you, with what we know, you would imagine um, he would have chatted to uh, people informally. We're not um, alleging any nefarious he behaviour. He's, def- he's definitely chatted to new managers, formally or informally, hundred percent. And I say you only have to look on the TWT message board where Phil Ham is maybe a bit looser with what he says there. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, now he's, he's hates Paul yeah. Lambert, but um, he's he's confirmed it. But the, the names that we've heard that have been spoken to, that I've heard, that Phil's heard, that other people have heard, Paul Cook, Danny Cowley, Neil Harris, Nigel Pearson. Whether that means it's going to be one of those four, whether there's other people on top of that, who knows? But those four have all been spoken to. Uh, tell me those four again. Um, Paul Cook, Joe, Danny second. Cowley. We'll do another poll in the. Who would you prefer, Cook, Cowley, Pearson, Pearson, um, Harris, Harris, and, and Dyer? Joe's going to put in Dyer as well. There you go. Let's do another straw poll there. Who would you prefer in the event? That Paul Lambert does um, not finish the season. Let's be let's be um, reasonable about this. So Paul Cook, uh, Danny Cowley, getting the comments there. Nigel Pearson, Neil Harris, or Kieran Dyer. Um, I see that. I see that Bits would like Bielsa. It's lucky we. <laughs> I think we'd all like Bielsa, wouldn't we? For goodness' sake. It's lucky God. we weren't. It's lucky we weren't playing Leeds this week with that dangerous fire in the bushes there we might have taken out one of his members of his coaching staff oh there it is joe <laughs> did you have that one planned out uh sensational stuff right let's just go through your um your actually we'll wait we'll wait um robin excellent commentary and analysis thank you Robin. uh currently average division one club uh ceiling for time being lower championship club issue is evans lambert is symptom of a terrible leadership but how can that change um well i agree um we get do you know what joe i read keep your comments coming in on uh, that who would you prefer question by the way i read the comments below the darren bent talk sport thing and a lot of people were getting fed up with darren bent's choice of wording of uh ipswich shouldn't be in league one they get very emotional about it i think obviously what he meant was given competent leadership uh a club with Ipswich's resources and stature would be and we you know let's be honest we shouldn't have been top of the league for 13 years between 1969 and 1982 that was a a point where a smaller club um you know outperformed itself we're clearly currently underperforming itself but to um to Robin's point there when I look and see Barnsley um Rotherham, uh, Preston, you know, not not necessarily putting out a, an amazing challenge. Barnsley possibly could in the next few years. There's no reason why Ipswich shouldn't be a viable, disruptive influence in the championship, Joe. And we, and we were for the last, well, for five years under Mick McCarthy, weren't we? We were, and I know, I know the, um, I know the form is sort of the style of football. Is is it what? people enjoyed by the end of it but like I say I haven't enjoyed many more many seasons more than I have 2014-15 in the last what 
20 years probably since Joe Royal left the club. When you look at, like I say, you look at all those big London away days, Watford, Fulham, Brentford. We went to all those places, Millwall, Charlton. We won at all those places that year. And that was, that was a brilliant, that was a brilliant season. But I say it, there's, there's, like I say, Marcus Evans is the reason why we can't compete in a championship personally for me. But the reason we aren't competing in the, in league one is Paul Lambert, not Marcus Evans. I say, you look at the business we did in January, the four players we signed in, and it's like, what what other clubs in this league, what other mid-table clubs in this league, because that's what we are, were able to bring in players like we were. Absolutely. So I'm just scrolling down these. Joe, when you say um, Marcus Evans is the reason we can't compete in the championship, you're saying... Uh, Marcus Evans kind of business practice right because I look at it and I think the reason people struggle to compete in the championship now is FFP and and parachutes and the massive advantage but your Brentford Bristol City Preston model of recruit sell improve recruit sell improve and also you get a championship player through in the academy that you sell on to either a parachute team or a Premier League team is is that your um, contention there, Joe? It's the um, it's the inability to spin the wheel in terms of the recruitment while we're up there. Yeah, I, th- I think the problem was we were we were a team in the championship that were effectively a sort of a mid table, sort of lower mid table team, hoping for a perfect storm. The perfect storm came and we got into the playoffs, but then we lost. And you're you're looking for a miracle season, effectively Huddersfield had that miracle season. They've got promoted. Only Huddersfield, isn't it? Without a huge sale beforehand. Yeah. So you look at a team like Brentford, for example, and they've, they run themselves so much smarter than we do. And they're still... That's five years of good practice as well, Joe. That's and, five years of selling players for top money to, to get to where they've got to. Carry on, sorry. And top money is 25 million, not yeah. 10 million. Yeah. It's, it's 25 million. And they're still not... They're by no means a guaranteed to go up this season. I think they might. I, th- I think they might do this year, but last year I thought they would, and they um, ended up that way. But just um, Rich from the pod has been texting us um, Lambert's quote, so I'll just oh, yeah, come out. Um, wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. Not good enough for a few weeks. We're having a hard time. I couldn't ask any more effort from a young team. Learning curve for them. Pressure of a big club. Never tested the keeper until Norse. Should have had a penalty. Looked a nervy one. Whether yesterday affected it, I don't know. Don't know if yesterday was real Ipswich fans. I've seen all this before. Played for Celtic <laughs> eight to nine years. Everything scrutinised. I get why they're hurting a hundred percent. This is a an accumulation of lots lots of years. I've seen the fight. I couldn't ask for any more. Flynn down shows that he has a devilment in him. <laughs> Sorry, has he praised Downs? Apparently, so this is what Richard said him through. Brenner said, um, do, you ha- do you deserve a chance to continue with your record? And he said he needs a bit of help and he won't walk away. What's for loan signings in, in January, if not a, if not an idea? Yeah. Look, I've said this many times, Joe. If I was Paul Lambert getting paid a ton of money and failing, I'd say exactly the same things that, that that he said in the press conference, and to be fair, I'd probably be a massive wimp and try and avoid them um, at the same time. But um, you don't really get those those empty sort of platitudes. Don't don't really cut cut anything when the um, when the evidence from what's been on the pitch has been so terrible, right? 
Yeah, and it's just like I say, it's like I say, he's he's obviously a proud professional and he's obviously hurting, but he's he's failing, isn't he? And like I say, after it's it, it's very very similar to the end of the Paul Jewell reign here, where he just was a, a broken man and he just could he just could not. He just could. He just could not turn it round, and no matter what he tried, it, it, everything he tried, it seemed to get worse and worse, doesn't it? But like I say, I, I think it's one of those ones where mutual consent is crying out. He he needs he needs to be sacked for his own seemingly health. It seems like not just his sort of COVID, but his mental health. He, this it's it's not enjoyable watching a man struggle. But Joe, as this bad is as he is in this job. Yeah, this is it for him, though, isn't it? Who's hiring him after this one? Um, Borussia Dortmund. No, they they just got the Munch and Gladbach managers yesterday, so it won't be them. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But seriously, no, Joe, who's yeah, who, who's hiring? Who's hiring him after after this one? Especially on the on the money we suspect he's kind currently getting. Well, like I say, it, it's I I just can't imagine he's going to have the hunger to go and work at the level that he's going to find himself at because whilst we're a League One team, we're by all accounts, paying him sort of over half a million pounds a year, the average wage in this league for managers stuff like one hundred and forty thousand pounds a year. Is has he got the drive and the hunger to relocate because he lives in Ipswich now? Has he got the drive and the hunger to relocate to earn a tenth of what he's earning now? Maybe he'll go back to Scotland and manage a team up there. But I'd, I'd imagine he's going to probably go into the media after this, BBC Scotland, sort of Borussia Dortmund. There you go. <laughs> Borussia Dortmund fan zone, I don't know, on there. But like I, say, like I say, I'm not trying to take delight in his demise, but ultimately he's 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 done at this level, isn't he? He's not, like I say, before he came here, he, he got a job in the Premier League. It wasn't that He was at Stoke, yeah. The Premier League at Stoke and failed there. He, uh, but Joe, of course, he was there for such a short time in such similar circumstances that he's he's quite well... He's quite well thought of because he did the whole PR pool thing mm. um, in in a similar way that um, you know he did such a good PR job initially here. Right, we've done. Uh, we've got an hour up here, um, and before Joe downs any more beer and depresses himself um, any more, um, there you go. I think Ben sums it up. He, to be fair to him, he's a good talker. Um, he is a good talker. Media would love. His monotone voice. Be in sports with Keys and Gray. Absolutely. I think I think that's quite a good payday. Quick summary then, Joe. Um, could have been out of sight by half time, but could have won it um with Norwood's chance and then ill discipline at the end and 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 another red card. Your quick summary of um of tonight's action. Um Northampton came here massively out of form. They were the better team. We may have nicked it at the end, but if we did it, it would have been thoroughly undeserved and I think it would have papered over some cracks. Hopefully this wakes Marcus Evans up to the fact that we're not going up under Paul Lambert and he makes his decision and we look on Twitter in the morning and we see a corner flag on the Ipswich Town news feed. Thank you, um, Joe. Well done for sitting through um, another 90 minutes of... Um, it's better than the 90 minutes of the game. Oh, sorry. Well, this pod was this 60. I've enjoyed the pod more than the game. Well, absolutely. There's Chris with a um, a little nod to our great um, co-founder David Diamond there with a nice with a nice crap. I'll give you one before we go off off air. And um, thank you everybody for hanging around deep in tonight's ten o'clock now. So we will bid you farewell. Before you go, hit the like button. 
on um, this video and please subscribe on YouTube. We will be podcasting at the weekends and we will be pretty much live now each Tuesday for the next six weeks. So it'll be um, nine o'clock um, sort of time. I think they're all seven o'clock kickoffs as well. Um, so please make this your regular haunt. Um, and we're so pleased that so many of you have uh, chosen to tonight. And we've got so many brilliant um, comments here. Perhaps the um, the landscape may be different in three or four Tuesdays time, um, Joe, especially given that tricky four game run. Um, if you haven't already, please um, sign up and uh, subscribe to the podcast on Acast, iTunes, etc., etc. Joe, final thoughts before we go. Um, you mentioned it earlier, but look on the Twitter because we've got free shipping on the terrorist stuff until midnight tomorrow, and they do some great stuff. But final thoughts are: I just hope that the next time I'm on this pod, I'm talking about a new manager other than Paul Lambert. <laughs> Taking the same, taking the same questions from me for that. Yeah, thank, thanks, for, thanks for everyone for the comments. Been great interacting with you guys tonight. Really enjoyed it. Are you ready for it? I, I see. The problem is we've got young kids that side. I'll do one anyway. Thank you everybody for listening. It was Ipswich Town nil, Northampton nil. Crap! <laughs>on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.